Yes, people, it's episode 260 of Griff's Brain Dump. It's me, Griff. Obviously, how you doing? It is uh, it's Sunday, Sunday the 23rd of January. And, uh, yeah, chilling in the living room with, with, with this special guest on my shoulder. On my chin, shoulder. <laughs> that isn't where you put a child. On my lap. She's looking at the phone recording, thinking, what's this? She's looking at the lines going across, going, what's going on? Who's he talking to? There she is. And, uh, yeah. I'm just trying to squeeze stuff into the day. So I just thought, let me just get the podcast done as early as possible on a Sunday where I'm not playing football. And uh, see what's happening. Right, I'm just uh, just watching football on mute and watching matches of the day. Seeing, our, uh, seeing Wolves take a 2-1 lead against Brentford. And just, um, just think about whether Tottenham really want to sign a Dharma Torre. Is that going to be our signing for... I mean, for the January, just is that is that who Conte wants? I mean, I trust Conte, but I mean, is that our guy? Oh, all right, he scored. Did he score? I, I didn't know he scored today. All right, man, he gets goals. Yeah, no, he's sick. They're siding. <laughs> That's how fickle we are as football fans. We were just like, we need to get like earlier in the week. We need to get rid of Bergwijn. We need to get rid of Bergwijn. We need to get rid of him. Ah, he was offside. Is he offside? <laughs> ah, he's offside. He's, he's rubbish. Oh, they're beefing. Why, why are they on the pit? Look, this isn't a good podcast. It's me just describing things I'm seeing. Not good. Anyway, it's like, uh, what was I saying? It's like Bergwijn, though. You know, when we wanted to... Uh, we were all talking about you get rid of Bergwijn. You get rid of Bergwijn. Guy scores two goals. Like, yeah, let's keep him. Now we've got to keep him. Surely he's got a future at Tottenham. That, that is football fans. In a nutshell, we are just fickle, man. I've said it before like about gay footballers. You know, I get it. I don't, I don't know, but I understand, you know, coming out as a gay footballer would be a big deal, especially like a current player, especially like a top flight footballer. But I'm telling you, for your home fans, they won't really care too much. And, uh, and yeah, and I'm just saying, they'll just say some obscene things. But they'll be positive, but they would be, they'll be toxic if you play for your team. Like, imagine if you had a gay centre forward who bangs in a hat trick. You, the songs that will be sung about him will be mad. Inappropriate, uh, <laughs> highly sexual, but they will be sung with, with the idea that they're saying something nice. And that's how it would be. I know, I know that's what it would be like. But the moment that guy starts not playing well, or oh, the abuse... You'd be, you'd be nuts. But all you have to do is just clamp down on it and just kick people out of the stadium. It's just simple. It's like the same with racism in football, right? It's just like you can try to educate people out of it, but once, once you're a grown man and you're in the stadium just screaming racial abuse at another grown man on the pitch, or not even a grown man, probably a man younger than you, you're a big man in your 40s and 50s and you're screaming at a 19-year-old racist abuse. That's, yeah, is it? We've gone beyond a re-education program. Just um, sorry, mate. Just you're not allowed to watch football anymore. And same with the homophobic thing. So that's what we need to do. But anyway, I, I want it to be a gay football to come out soon. It's just it feels like an elephant in the room, right? That there's got to be gay football. I'm talking about this like I know <laughs> there might not be. I don't know. I just assume there is. Anyway, what's going on in your week, people? What's been going on in your week? Um, my week. Uh, nothing, nothing 
significant trade happening in my week. Uh, just you know, signed with Avalon, and and that's it. Hey, how about that? Yeah, signed with Avalon, which is a pretty big deal. Um, you know, there's 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 a few comedy agencies around there, uh, or management groups, uh, talent management. Um, there's a few out there, but there's even fewer who are at the level of of Avalon. Avalon, the big boys. It's Champions League. It's Champions League. This is Real Madrid, Barcelona. That's what this is. This is one of those two. And um, I guess the story when it comes to agencies, with me with agencies, right? Um, I, I, I always thought that you know, you would do something amazing and agents would just find out about you on the grapevine. You know, like, like uh, I guess for of it, like football manager, like a scout would just see you somewhere, somehow. And you'll just, they'll be like, oh my God, this guy's sick, sign him up. And that's what I thought when I first started comedy. And then I saw like stuff, lots of my peers getting signed. And I was like, how did that come about? And it's like, yeah, I sent emails around to a few agencies and asked if they want to come see me. And a few came to see me and... Some said no, and this one said yes, so I signed to them. I was like, oh, okay. And in my head, they just didn't sit right with me. I was like, I'm, I'm not going to email around. I'm not going to tell people, come see me. I had the attitude of the hot girl in school, the hottest girl in school. I ain't approaching anyone. You come approach me. And nothing to actually back that, you know, back that up. Nothing to say why I should have had that attitude. But that was the attitude I always had. I was like, you got to come and see me. I ain't messaging you. So back in 2018, after uh, Leicester Square uh, Theatre, new comedian of the year, where I was uh, runner-up, didn't win, um, an agent but um, approached me after that. And so that's December 2018. And throughout 2019, they saw me um, saw me sometimes and cancelled on me other times, saw me other times, cancelled me other times, then... I got invited to uh, do a gig where there was a, just a real big names on the lineup. Um, I think like the top guy from their agency was there. And it was, well, the gig didn't really go that well. Didn't really go that well, to be fair. And I think that was, you know, I think that might have been it. I think that might have been the, the nail in the coffin. Um, but it was what it was with that for me it was it was after kind of gigs and gigs of. You know, being dropped at the last minute, not turning up. So you know, when you get to the actual gig, your your energy is not the same. It's not like, ah, oh, this is the moment I prove it. Oh, I still had the hot girl attitude of, these guys are longing it out, man. Like now, you now you want a date. Fine, I'll turn up to a date because it's fine. But I just weren't really in the headspace for it, right? Anyhow, two twos now. Um, so that's twenty nineteen. So now we are in twenty twenty one, and um, and my boy Travis J, who is signed for Avalon, messaged me and goes, "Hey, I've got my one man show. So well, if you want open for me, and so I'm just doing my pod, right? So of course, you do your pod. Uh, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll do it." <laughs> Alright, there you go. We'll brush your teeth while doing the pod. No, no. I'm going to have to pause the pod because that's not going to be great. So it's back. So as I was saying, so my boy Travis J, he's signed for Avalon. He said, can you open for me? I'm doing a one-man show, Bloomsbury Theatre. And I was like, okay. 
Yeah, sure. And then, um, and then I remember that I was booked for, for a gig in, in Bournemouth as well. So, it's double booked. Double booked um, for these two gigs. I was like, ah, oh, man. Um, what, do, what to do? What to do? And I was thinking, do you know what? One, I rate Travis. Two, I like him. And three, it's just like London's just so much closer than Bournemouth. When you got a little kid, you got a little one, you you know, not life's fine. But you just if anything happens, you if you've got the option of being close to home, you'd be close to home, right? So I opted for Travis's gig, and those those were my reasons for opting for Travis's gig. Anyway, so we get there, and obviously before the gig, Avalon people are there. It doesn't even cross my mind. Gen- sincerely, Jeremy Handelhart doesn't cross my mind. I just meet them, and I just you know shake their hands and say, oh, "Cool, no, nice to meet you." And I just move on. I don't, I don't try to show that I'm funny. I don't try to crack any jokes with them. I'm just like, oh, I to help Travis set up the show and stuff. You know, doing like all mic checks and positioning for lighting and stuff. He's at the back. I'm on stage being him, so he knows what the lighting's gonna look like. Again, I'm not, I'm not cracking any funny jokes. I'm just do just trying to make make my boys make my boys show run smoothly. And then uh, then comes to my time to open up for the show. When it comes to actual stage time, I do my thing, and you know people t- took it well. Had, had a good gig. I know that. Uh, I did that at the break. People talk to me. Different people. So, oh my god, so funny. I've never seen you before. Blah blah blah. My ad cheers. Thanks. Cool cool cool. No. And yeah, my motivation was I got to, you know, do well for Travis. If I bomb, then it actually makes it actually harder for him to, to do his show. If I kill it, then all he has to do is just kill it. <laughs> but if I bomb, even if he kills it, uh, you could bomb so badly, you bring it into negative. You know what I mean? Like you start the gig when you walk to a gig. As always remember, it's zero. Yeah, it's zero. If you really like the person you're going to see, let's say it's on a scale of one to ten. If it's like your favourite ever comedian, it's ten. If it's like your relative, it's ten. You're already there. You love them. There's nothing they can do that's going to go wrong, right? And if it's someone you hate, then it's minus ten. But generally, you're you're around a zero mark. You're in a good mood, so you're around about two or three. Now you're here to be entertained. So if I come in and bomb, really stink it out, I can bring that three down to like a minus seven. So then everyone who was in there with a goodwill, I'm here to see my boy Travis, and then I come and just stink out the place. I could stink out so bad that he can't have a good show. It's not if I come in and, you know, they've got zero expectation of me, they've already got a three for the night, and then I, I do well. It takes the night up to like a seven or eight. So by the time he comes out, it's just like, bang, through the ten. So that's what it was. And uh, we get to the end of the show. Travis does his thing. It's a great show. And after the show, again, I'm just out here just um, going to see my sister and my niece so they get to see them in the interval. And, uh, and the people are stopping me to talk to me. I'm like, okay, cool, cool, cool. And then it's the Avalon guys. They stop and talk to me. I go, hey, do you want, hey, how are you doing? Um, thought you were really good. And I was like, oh, thanks. You know, I just thought nothing of it. Again, still, that noise there in the background is, is Zadie. Uh, emptying her bowels, you know, and that it's wonderful voice. Anyway, so <laughs> we 
So I talked to them after the show and they like, have you got any representation? I was like, no, do you want any? And I was like, um, I mean, yeah, sure. I mean, I'm always up for a chat. I'm always open for it. It's no stuff that I used to think I really wanted and now I'm just, you know, if it comes, it comes. It happens when it happens. And they're like, well, you know, we think really good. Um, they're pleased to take my card. I said, alright, cool, take your card, no problem, take your card. And then I, uh, and I go, right, I've just got to go talk to my, my sister and my niece. Like, <laughs> it just seemed like I weren't even bothered. I mean, I was, I was excited about it, but because I'd been there with another big agent, I was just like, you know, I know how this goes. You give me a card, I invite you to gigs, you cancel, you can't turn up because you've got to do something with one of your, you know, your, your top guys, you know? And I was like, whatever. It's cool. So I just took a pinch of salt and just like, whatever. So I, I finished my night tour to different people and stuff. And then I let the weekend pass. This is Saturday. I think I get to Monday and I message the guy, as I call him, the guy. He, uh, it's Julian, is his name. <laughs> I messaged Julian. Um, but like I said, at this stage, he's just the guy. So I messaged Julian and said, hey, man, here's my... Um, Here's, here's some dates I've got coming up, um, if you're interested. And Junior goes, look, full disclaimer. He goes, I'm super busy. And I was like, oh, here it comes. Here it comes. They, they talk to me, and then they say they're busy. Uh, and he said, I'm super busy. I'm actually paternity cover. Travis's manager, so I've got way too many people. If I could take one myself, I would. But I can't. So, But because of that, you know, I want you to know that we're really keen. I'm going to send some people down from Avalon to come see you because I think you're really good. I've been singing your praises. Once they see you, they'll like you and they'll agree. I'm like, all right, cool. Here, here's my dates. So, gets to uh, one of the dates. Wait a minute. Sorry. <laughs> what, what's the face for? You know what the face is for. Okay, you... I think so. Is it? I mean, I could hear her, but I don't know if you could... Yeah, Oh don't yeah, worry, no, Dad, no, you no, just do your no, 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 now you've moved her, yeah, yeah now, now you've disturbed the, the... <laughs> oh, wow, all right, fair enough, so, um... <laughs> that's just the worry of having the kids, things like when you have a dog as well, you, you can get used to just a bad odour, so a baby, it's like, I, I couldn't smell her until, until Naomi lifted her up, and it's like, Jesus, but um, anyway, so we arranged a date for them to come and see me. And I, I booked three gigs in this one night now. Okay. So I'm like, this is the perfect night to come see me. I've got three different gigs, three different options to come see me. So they're going to send a guy down from, uh, or send a team down. I don't know who they're sending. I'm just like, right, cool. Here's my night. Here's the set times. Here's the stage time. Here's the time I'm going to be on stage. Here's how long I'm going to be performing for. Here you go. And I send a message. I think it's blue ticks. Cool. The the Saturday finishes, and um, I said, oh, I didn't see anyone from um, from Avalon. Didn't talk to anyone. Cool. And I thought, yeah, uh, maybe they didn't come. By the first show, I was like, right, didn't hear anything. By the second show, I was like, I thought I would have had someone come up to me. So by the time I came to the third show, I was just like chilled, to the point where I was like, whatever, man, I knew how this was gonna go, whatever. So by the third show, I just kind of like. I just relaxed on stage, but relaxed to a point where I probably because the show is just going well, it, it just it went well. 
but I, but uh, yeah, whatever. I think it was just a good night, so I wasn't really on a hundred percent. I didn't feel like I was the one causing all the mayhem and laughter in the room. I was just kind of just coasted through through the gig. Anyway, so I send a message on Monday. I'm polite, going, oh, you know, not sure if you sent anyone down. If you did, then you know, I didn't get to speak to them. So sorry. In my head, saying all that thing, you didn't send anyone down. And then um, they I got a message back from Julian going, hey, look, uh, sent Yusef down. And uh, he really liked you, I think. Uh, he, I'm sure he'll message you later in the week. I was like, oh, like, what show is it? He was, like, oh, is that, is that the third show? And I was like, ah, oh, ah. Oh. <laughs> you got to think, in my mind, I killed the first show. I destroyed the second show. And the third show, I was like, eh, it's okay. And you saw the third one. But you got to remember, when you perform, you don't, no one else has seen what else you've done that day. So even though I think this is the worst show of the night, it was still actually a good show. But in my head, I'm like, no, he needs to get to see me earlier. Like, it's not like they could sign you harder if they saw the earlier one. So, um, it was like, all right, cool. So then I got the email. He said, hey, Julian passed me your details. Saw you, thought you were really good. I was at the third show. And I was like, ah, okay. And he goes, yeah, well, you know, it'd be good if you can come in and have a talk um, after Christmas. I was like, cool. We put the date in the diary. It's after Christmas. Uh, so it's uh, first week of January, meeting up. So I meet these guys. I'm thinking, well, what's, what's going to happen in this meeting? Is there going to be a contract slid across the table in this meeting? Or, you know, what's going to happen? In my head, I'm thinking, nah, probably not. They're probably going to just talk and... You know, let me know they're interested and kind of sell Avalon to me. But nothing's going to get signed. Probably nothing's going to get done. So we have the meeting. By the end of the meeting, basically, I'm told that, look, Julian, it's Julian and Yusuf. I mean, Julian can't take me on because he's, as I say, he's doing maternity cover. He, he's way too busy. Fair enough. Then uh, Yusuf, he's, he's an assistant. So, wait a minute. Yeah. His assistant, like I was saying, so um, he he can't take me on himself. He needs someone more senior with him to kind of partner with him to take me on. So I was like, all right, cool. But they're both just super keen. And I know, there's something about the transparency. And they're going, all right, I, I believe you. So, yeah, they go, so what we're going to do, we're going to get some, uh, you know, get, get one of the managers down to come and see you. Again, this is an audition. Like, we think you're great. We both think you're great. You, you're, look, it, it's a formality. It's just, you know, if they're going to sign you, that particular manager, they need to see you. And yeah, you've got to meet them, see if you get on with them, you want to work with them as well. And I was like, yeah, yeah, cool, cool. So a week passes. Uh, I send some dates for these managers, these mystery managers to come see me because they're going to have an internal meeting in that time to see who's going to come and see me. And I say, yeah, I send some dates. I haven't heard anything. Then I get an email back. From Yusuf saying, look, we've had a meeting internally and uh, it's going to be us two. And I was like, oh, I mean, I'm happy about this. <laughs> and so they go, look, we're going to send over a draft contract and stuff. We'll get it sent across. Uh, let's meet on Zoom the next day. So um, in a few days, so we meet on Zoom and they go, look, we're going to be frankly down. Basically, yeah, it was getting silly. It'll get silly that, you know, we're going to keep on trying to send people to come and see you but we both think you're great so we're just going to sign ourselves 
And he's like, oh. Okay. Alright, cool, cool. I'm like, great. Let's just get this done. And, um, and so, yeah, we get... You know, we, I read those contracts, get my friend to look at it, who's a lawyer. And um, it, from that point on, it moves very quickly. And to be fair, I, I guess it was only two months, really, it took to get it done. Whereas there's, other, there's been other agents who've, who've followed me on social media, have sent people to look at me, watch me. I've been talking to them for ages. This was, saw me, saw me once. Saw me again, got it done. And then, yeah, then we announced this week that I've signed. So that is it. That's it. I'm signed. What does that mean now? Doesn't mean I've got a new number. Don't know who you are. No, that doesn't mean that. We've got, uh, am I going to be on TV next week? No, that doesn't mean that. It just means that I'm, I guess, more legitimised as a comedian. And and there's, I guess, there'll be more progressive steps now. More progressive steps, and we'll get. We'll get to where we want to be in time. We're going to set strategy up and we'll get where we want to be in time. And I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be exciting. It's going to make this year very exciting. Um, you know, see what steps we can make, man. So I'm, I'm looking forward to the year. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens, yeah? Will I be quitting my job? I don't think so. But I hope. I hope so. <laughs> I carry that black right there. But yeah. That's it. That, that's my story. That's been going on in my week. Um, so yeah, uh, right. So what's been going on in the world? What's going on in, in the news? I haven't really picked up anything new except for um, I noticed the Prince Andrew thing. The press have have started. They started their their turn on the guy. I mean, they, they weren't necessarily on his side anyway. I'm not saying they should be, but. You'll get what I mean when I read this headline. Prince Andrew slept with teddy bears in bed during Fergie marriage, author claims. See, they've they've started to churn the mill to make... Let's make this guy look like a right weirdo. But yeah, um, he had... uh, Yeah, he had... uh, Where is it? Let me find it. Revelation comes of the former palace maid, Charlotte Briggs. Uh, revealed how she had to spend the whole day learning how the Duke liked the soft toys displayed on his bed during the 90s. Yep. Um, they said how many te- he had set, reportedly had 72 teddies on his bed at one stage. Um, and, yeah, crazy. Now, is that a thing? I don't know if that's a thing. I don't, is that something to report about? I mean, even if he was still married and... Uh, you know, and he hadn't had these rumours. If that came out as a... It would just be one of those weird things. we just move on. But with everything now, with the Epstein stuff and being kicked out of the royal family, being shunned, now no sleeps with teddies. It's just like whatever you can add to it, just adding more ingredients, more spice to the madness. And they're, and they're just... They're just churning it out. I'm just waiting for the next few days of what other story it's going to be. Um, you see, the top three bizarre claims from Prince Andrew's maids, from teddy bears to dog attacks. See, that's, <laughs> that's one of the links at the bottom. So you, you've got that. Um, let's see what else. Yes, all these other rumours circling. Andrew's week was not improved. There's now different claims about his behaviour circling. One claim 
uh, that goes back to 2015 alleged that the Duke made a completely inappropriate remark about pregnant women's breasts. Um, another claimed in his uh, in in the another claims is that the prince was dubbed HBH, his buffoon highness, because he because of his childish behaviour. A diplomat has said, so he's all it's all coming. So he's got a Teddy collection. Uh, what else he got here? We're not trying to play that. <laughs> um, dog attack. Charlotte also claims that Andrew laughed when he was told that his Norfolk Terrier Benedict bit her as she cleaned. There you go. Just another one. And what else? We got here. Shutting the curtains. Charlotte also claims the Duke made her run up flights of stairs to shut his curtains. She claims he was demanding and entitled. Well, he is actually literally entitled. He was his royal highness uh while swearing at her when he wanted the task done and that he behaved like a spoiled brat i mean again he is literally a prince so i mean this isn't shocking behavior um on leaving open a gap in the curtains he said can't you fucking do anything right she claimed i mean okay that's that's a bit far but either way it's like it's these all these things they're just nowhere near the same level as you know sleeping with an underage woman on a bloody paedophile sex island but it just adds it just adds seasoning just to make the guy more of a weirdo just more of a weirdo and it's going to come up more it's going to be more stories watch mark my words just over the next few weeks between now and the trial just more crazy crazy stories right let's uh let's go to dear deirdre so we can wrap up the pod uh Let's see, let's see. Uh, let's see, what's here? What? Okay, here we go. Dear Deirdre, I get a kick out of watching people have sex, but my but my girlfriend doesn't. Okay. You can do it on your own now, I suppose. Uh, when you say watch people, are you talking about like full dogging or are you talking just on on the screen? Yeah, because you don't have to share your your weird kinks with your partner. You could just do that on your own. Uh, dear Deirdre, two years for two years I've enjoyed an exciting sex life with my girlfriend, but now she has admitted she doesn't genuinely share my love of the voyeur sex scene. Ah, I mean that's awkward. You can't spend two years pretending to like watching people have sex. Like, surely the breaking point has to come after maybe the second time you go. Where you just kind of go, yeah, no, nah, I, I don't like doing this anymore. Like, people have deal breakers like smoking and stuff. And, but this woman was willing to go along with you and your weird dogging parties. Anyway, let's carry on reading. I thought our thing, I thought our thing was watching others have sex and on occasions being watched by others. Jesus. Um, I've known for over 10 years that I'm a voyeur. I mean, good for you for knowing what you are. I get a kick out watching others have intercourse, but never had the confidence to share my kink with previous girlfriends. See, that's mad. So you probably had previous girlfriends who would have liked doing that with you, and you could have been sharing your kink with her, but now you've got a woman who doesn't like doing it. And uh, now, you've, now you're stuck with this dilemma. Anyway... Um, the current one is the first one I opened up 
too and I was delighted that she was keen as me to try out my fetish. We only ever shared this experience with the full consent of others. I mean, that's good. Thanks for the disclaimer. Uh, the people we get involved with always know we are watching and enjoy putting on the show. I'm 31, my girlfriend's 29. We, we've seen a couple of sex shows on holiday and attended swinging parties where we watch others. Uh, we've also had sex in the same room as another couple after watching them get intimate. Neither of us want to involve someone else in our sex life, but we did once get another man to film us have sex. Okay, mad. I felt so turned on knowing another man was watching us. Okay, that's, you didn't say another person, you specifically said another man, but... I mean, I'm not sure. is that a thing? Would have changed it if it was a woman? In my mind, it somehow changes it. <laughs> I enjoyed the experience so much, I suggested asking a woman we know to film us the next... Oh, there you go. Film us the next time. But I was taken aback when my girlfriend admitted she had enough of voyeurism. She admitted she only went along with it for my benefit. Now I feel like she wasn't honest with me. We don't have the sexual connection I thought we had. She asked me to see a sex counsellor, and I've agreed to, but I don't really know where to start. It feels like sexually we're on two different wavelengths, and I'm not sure if we have a future. Um, as as weird as I find your uh, kink, it is your thing, right? And I mean, if you've been doing that for two years with the woman, as she says she doesn't like it, and she's been, I guess, lying about it, um, I don't think that's your problem. It's mad, though, how she's done a Jedi... Jedi move on you that she's one who's lied about it. You've been honest about what you like from the beginning, and she's made it your problem that you're now seeing a sex counselor. Um, so yeah, maybe you need to see a relationship counselor, both of you together, and discuss why she kept up a lie for for two years. And um, but yeah, I mean. What are you going to do? You're going to stop watching people have sex? You seem to really like it. Um, maybe you can agree that she doesn't come with you. You just you watch on your own. But then I guess you want to feel like you've missed out on people watching you have sex, right? Ah. I don't know what the compromise is on that one. Except for... Um, yeah. I don't know. What would your compromise be? <laughs> You're just on different wavelengths, isn't it? Yeah, but I think sexually you need to be on the same wavelength as your partner. Yeah. Otherwise it's, otherwise you've got issues. That's what I mean. They, they've just got to just end it. Unless it's like something that's small. Like, oh, I like doggy and she likes missionary. I think yeah. you compromise on things like that. But you can't compromise on voyeurism. Yeah. That's... Especially to the level where he seems to need it. Yeah. Yeah. So you have to find someone else, my friend. Uh... Yeah, that's it. All right, cool. One more. Uh, oh, there you go. Wedding debt. We can't afford our dream wedding, but my girlfriend wants a bigger diamond. Sweet. Um, hmm? Nothing. What? You I'm had clearing my throat. You you had your dream wedding. I was just clearing. <laughs> you had your dream wedding. <clears throat> Sorry. She got you. <laughs> Naomi told me that uh, she is happy with her engagement ring, happy with her wedding ring, but she said 10 years in, she does want another ring. No, I said five. Five? Yeah. 
I keep on saying 10. Um, as she, she was kind of like a ring where it makes her feel like she's in danger all the time. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's that's how big and garish she wants it. That she feels like she could be robbed. Like, would you wear it to hood raves? Yeah. You'd wear it to hood raves? Yeah. I'm a bad man. I don't get robbed. You I might do. No. 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 No, I don't get robbed. Only mugs get mugged, yeah? <laughs> I've never been robbed. Neither have I. But I, I don't think I'm immune to it. No, oh, I am. No, fair enough. Um, dear Deirdre, I bought my girlfriend an engagement ring, but she has made it clear she wants a bigger diamond in time for our actual wedding, which is planned for next summer. Uh, I'm an electrician. I earn decent money, but I'm stressed about how I will find the cash for a bigger ring, as well as fund the wedding she is pushing for. I'm 28. She's 25. I'm beginning to worry I won't be able to afford anything she's asking for. 150 guests, a reception at a top hotel and design address. I don't want to start married life in deep debt. Is she contributing to it at all? Because like, that's, that's, there's nothing written down or traditional where the man pays for the whole wedding. Like, that's not a thing. Like, father of the bride's a traditional thing. Uh, I mean, you both pay for it together is a thing. Even the groom's parents chipping in as well. But I've, I've never heard just a groom paying for everything. So... Maybe you're putting too much pressure on yourself. Maybe, um, you know, maybe she needs to have a look around, see if she can find any discounts, any bargains. Um, yeah, and if not, just, just make sacrifices elsewhere. Uh, but, you know, real passive-aggressive sacrifices. So, like, when you go to meet her friends, just don't wear, don't wear shoes. Like you're dressing up, but wear just like sandals or flip flops, sliders. So why are you wearing these? I can't afford shoes because I'm I'm saving up to get that diamond for you. Just just passive aggressive stuff like that. You're letting your secrets go, though. <laughs> I always turn off his sliders, right? When I see. You. <laughs> um, yeah, just stuff like that, man. You go out to eat and stuff. She orders stuff. You you just order. I'll just have a water, please. And people say, oh, like, Steve, you're not having anything to eat? Just like, no, I'm not, because I've got to save up for this diamond and designer dress she, she needs. Just keep just doing that. All right? That is, uh, that's it. That's my advice there. Right. Uh, I don't think I've got anything more to say. I think we've been talking for long enough. It's always going to be a short pod. Uh, people, if you want to catch me at any shows, again, you know where to go, downgriffs.com forward slash gigs. Um, still go there for website. Nothing changes. You don't have to go to Avalon website to see my gigs. That's not how it works. Still go to my website. Um, you can still message me and ask when I'm gigging next and then not turn up and not respond. You can still do that, guys. It's all, it's all the same. All right, people, uh, have a good week. And peace. Bye. <laughs>